Who wants to tell you, who wants a pot of coffee? I just make coffee. You want a cup of coffee? Sure, there you go. Who wants coffee? Anybody else want coffee? Who wants coffee? And now it's time for the man with the caffeine, the new tropics for the brain. It's Coffee with Mike. Hang in, hang tight, grab your cup, and let's get this thing started. Welcome back to Java Chat, everybody. You got coffee with Mike here, and I have the distinct pleasure of interviewing another brilliant mind. Not like I don't bring them all on here. I intend to. This one in particular caught my attention. His name is Ari Gunsberg. I said that correct, right? Yes, you did. Okay. Ari's got a little cool thing called the Little Book of Greatness. By the way, I'm I'm have to go get that book now. I have I've only had a short time to study who you are, and already your story just kind of floors me, dude. You figure out the five the five elements to to greatness. Holy shit! If people around the world understood what that meant, I don't think we'd be having the troubles we're having in the world right now. I think that's a true statement. I, you know, <laughs> the five keys, they're, they're short, simple, sweet, but you know, the, they're designed to last a lifetime. People so. make things so damn complicated though. <laughs> I mean, what the hell? We're humans, right? We, this, you know, I had a conversation once with somebody saying, you know, human tendencies. And, and she immediately goes, yeah, what are human tendencies? I said, complicating fucking everything. Or being dumb. Or thank you. Sorry, sorry, thank, sorry. No, no, no. But that, People, that's a that's a that's a, in, that's a very true 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 statement. <laughs> so so I just want to clarify: individuals are very smart. People, as a rule, in like in the in the in total in total, right? When you take big groups, oh my gosh, they're so dumb. So so are we are we gonna just you want to run the rest of that script from MIB or how do you want to do that? Oh man, is that from MIB? <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones called it right down the line on that script. That yeah. was so funny. I was looking at that going, oh my gosh, they're bringing in life coaching. <laughs> <laughs> but it's such a great movie. I would watch uh, it again anyway. Okay, uh, cool. Yeah, so they, they did really well. They, I think they did amazing. Give us a little bit of background, brother, about where you're from. The glory days of Will The Smith. glory days of your, <laughs> how, you how you destroyed the evil dragon and who you are now. All right. So f to start with, there, I don't think there's any such thing as destroying the evil dragon. Right. Oh, you're gonna kill me, dude. All right, fine. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right. I pet no, my I mean, dragon. He likes me. I'm, listen, I'm saying, you know, we, we 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 have these things that we went through, and we can't get rid of them. So if we try to get rid of them, we're we're barking up the wrong tree. It's never gonna work. Uh, you know, it's it's coming to terms with them. It's accepting them. It's you know addressing them, but it's you know it's killing it. I, and and it happens to be I like dragons, so I don't want to get rid of mine. <laughs> Honestly, I haven't gotten rid of mine either. He's he's a, he's a cute little puppy these days. And I found I actually found you know I got a new car like three four years ago whatever not new but you know I got new for me, and I was like I really want to put something like by the mirror and stuff. So I went and I found like some artist in China or something who took like little bits of what do you call them the geodes right like the really cool rocks. So they slice them into like little chunks. They polish it and then they paint like a dragon on it. Oh, that's so cool! And so I got it and I hung it for my mirror. It's like really cool. People are like, oh, what's this? I'm like, it's my dragon. <laughs> it's my Mushu. I would have found like a flying like stuffed dragon or something. I couldn't find them. It was really hard. Like so is the whatever. But it just kind of throws me that there's not a lot, a lot of that around. And those are the symbols, in, at least in Chinese, those are supposed to be the symbols of wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. Eh, anyway, maybe, maybe it's maybe it's because they they do tame their dragon, but so so I mean, 
There's so many wrong ways we can go with that. Anyway. Uh, yeah. No, I was about to go down a rabbit hole. With that, but I'm gonna pull that I got we're, your tail. We're, we're gonna... I got your tail. Come on. We're out. We're out of that one. We're not running down that hole today. So, so taming your dragon. I mean, I don't even remember what the question was, but like, so, so, so getting a hold of your dragon is, it's all about coming to terms, I guess, with what it yeah. is. And, and it'll happen in stages throughout your life. So don't think like, okay, I'm going to crank through this in two weeks. So we're going to be done. You know, I'm still <laughs> dealing with stuff that I dealt with that, that I, that initially happened to be 25 years ago. Am I dealing with it all the time? Of course not. You know, am I, am I, you know, is my entire life ruined because of it? You know, no, but I mean, you know, I, I had a revelation about those events, you know, only a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. When I was doing a lot of hiking, and I was like, "Oh wait, why haven't I been hiking? Like maybe it's because I had a traumatic experience happen to me when I was hiking, and so I've kind of been hiding from this particular favorite pastime of mine for a long time." All right, there's the rabbit hole. What what happened? Okay, so when I was ten years old, we were we went on a field trip with with our teacher. Okay, so this is back in the nineties. Okay, so there's no, you know, you, people weren't worried like I'll oh, send like eighteen chaperones with five kids. Sure. And so, like, it was just our teacher and us, and we, you know, we all jumped. It was a field trip. Yeah, it was a field trip. We went to a van. We went to like a nice big field. That's cool. Oh, I I don't remember if we had a barbecue or if we were gonna have a barbecue after Mm -hmm. the hike. It's like Mm -hmm. let's go hiking because he loves to go hiking. He loved nature. He like God. He wanted to like show it to us. And so we're hiking. Like a good dude, huh? Sounds like a good dude. Yeah, he was. He had a bunch of kids. I'm saying he was a great dad to all of them. That's awesome. Um, you know, just to give you like one quick story about like you know, the type of person that he mm-hmm. was. So he, mm-hmm. before he ended up teaching our fourth grade class, he was teaching the eighth grade class. Mm-hmm. And in, <clears throat> in our circles, eighth grade, so for a lot of people, they finish eighth grade, they go to the high school that yeah. them, and that's it. Yep. In our circles, people basically are going to whichever high school makes the most sense for them and that they'll do the best in. And a lot of times that means boarding school. Yeah. So he was like one of the people who knew all of the available high schools and would recommend, okay, this is the best school for how your temperament is, That's how your cool. learning is, how your this is. And he would always make these recommendations. So people would call him up and say, where should I send my son? Wow. Right. I mean, right out of the blue, right? They, wow. They yeah. He'd be like, well, I don't know your kids, so I can't make a recommendation. And they'd be like, oh, okay. And like ready to hang up the phone. He's like, but I'll tell you what, why don't we like, you know, we'll get together for a couple of weeks. We'll study together three, four, five times. I'll get to know your kid a little bit and then I can make a recommendation. Wow. He would do like, that? And, right. I'm saying like, like just like giving, oh. giving and giving and giving and just on and on. Um, this guy sounds like a little close to the definition of perfect. I, I wouldn't, I, we're human. So by definition, we're not perfect. Well, but, no, uh, we never are, but you, certainly, we all, certainly we all a know, great man. We we know that we know the backgrounds of how the 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 near perfects are usually called away. So, I mean, he was he was only fifty when he went. So yeah, very young, mm-hmm. and he figured something out correctly. I mean, obviously, I mean, yeah. for anybody to be that giving, I mean, I don't know a lot of people like that. That sounds like just a really and right, cool remember dude. that's like one story. I'm saying, like, I have a I'm book, sure there's a bunch. I have a I'm book sure. like this thick that that was written like a you know 30 days after he passed away for an event. I think it was this one it was, and he and and they it's just filled with stories like that. Sweet. So 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 you guys are so out with him. We're out with him in the middle of the woods, okay. and like we're you know so he, again 90s people are much less strict and much less you know yeah. flipping out about stuff. And he's yeah. like, so we were like spreading out on the trail, and a bunch of us were like up ahead playing the stream. Okay. And so some kids finally, like, they emerge from the woods, like, back behind us, 100, 200 feet, whatever. And they're like, guys, guys, you guys got to come. Rebbe's hurt. That's what we called him, Rebbe. You know, Mm -hmm. like, it means, like, my teacher. Yeah. And we're like, what are you talking about? No, he's hurt. He's hurt. Okay, you're joking. You're joking. We just ignored them and went back to the water because, you know, we're 10 years old. Right. There's no way. Like, what are you talking about? Right. After, it took a little bit, but we figured out, like, something's really going on over here. 
and so we went we went uh we went back with them and like immediately i could like look around and see like there's something there's something wrong here like he was out laid out on the on the leaves and stuff not responding to anybody including the kid who was like yelling at him to get up and so i mean it was there's nobody out there it's just us yeah like, what, what 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 the hell do you do right but, you know that's so we we have two different groups ended up going for help uh-huh. and <clears throat> so we ended up we we found our way out of the forest because mm-hmm. of the guy who was playing the bagpipe on the the bagpipes that helps on the edge of the of the edge of the forest yeah i mean totally random you know like yeah, you, know, yeah, wearing, right? you know playing the bagpipes wearing a kilt like you know why are you why are you here but you know i don't really this isn't scotland what yeah. are you doing <laughs> i'm practicing like i'm on the highlands of scotland no you're not dude you're in baltimore in a park but <laughs> laddie this is baltimore this isn't scotland right oh yeah i'm doing the wrong accent yeah good point <laughs> but i can great get your ass in here we need your help <laughs> damn but you know, look, I, whatever the reason he was there, maybe it was literally just to be able to bring us out of there. Yeah. But well, either way, we we found a way out of the woods. We went, we told some guys that came back with us. One started doing CPR, which I learned much, much later that yeah. that you know when you have this certification that this guy had that I now have, the wilderness sort of uh, wilderness first responder, the woofer. Yep. yep. <clears throat> if you start giving CPR to somebody, you are locked in for thirty minutes unless they at respond. least. At least right. well, 30 minutes or until you are so exhausted that you cannot move. Yeah. And he started immediately doing CPR. And so he must have had a hell of a night that night because there, there was no response. You know, we, I can already tell you that. But uh, yeah. much later, I found out, you know, much later that day, like the, how the whole situation was dealt with. You know, they took us home and like my dad ended up calling into the school and finding out what happened. And like, it was just like, it was like a surreal moment. It was like, it's like stuck in my memory forever at this point. You know, like my dad's like on the phone with them, like asking like, you know, what's going on? What happened? My son came home early. What's happened? And like it, his whole face just like dropped and fell. And he like, you know, oh, okay. Okay. And he like mm-hmm. hangs up the phone, like looks up at me. He's like, he's, he's gone. And it was just like, you know, just like slammed into me. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, and then like, it was just like a whirlwind of events after that, you know, like a funeral and then. And then, like the school, like did like a, a little bit of a of an effort at at giving us counseling, I guess you could say, but it was yeah. like kind of like group counseling a little bit, and and whatever, I don't know. It was interesting. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, um, you're talking about. So I live near a. Eighty-five hundred, right? That was that was a plane. <laughs> I live near an executive airport. That was a that was a plane, and it's okay. like he's either burning it in or he's burning it out. One of the two. Damn, that was interesting. My mother-in-law's um, in in Farakway, right underneath JFK. So, um, oh, you know all about it. <clears throat> oh yeah, you you go up there and like you know you're in the middle of co- talking to somebody who's from there, and like a giant 747 is like burning through <laughs> overhead. You don't hear a word he's saying, but he's from there, so he's just like powering through. And you're like, I can't hear you. <laughs> I've I've actually had it there, there. I think there's one or two where I've literally had to go, and the guest's like, "Everything okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, I can't hear you, dude. I got a, I got, I got either a charger running down with no with no exhaust on, or or one of that. What just happened? It's anyway. Yeah. Back back to what we were talking about. You you so you got these a bunch of ten year olds and eleven year olds potentially seventeen that just that went through that went through this whole thing together. Absolutely helpless, obviously, because none of you knew what to do. It's it's the nineties, like you said. 
Keep in mind, by the way, even if you have kids nowadays that knew what to do, let's just say you have a kid. Oh, still, it's traumatic. Are you kidding me? Oh, no, no, I'm not. not, Yeah, I'm not even getting into the traumatic thing. I'm saying like helpless, like it's you're 10 years old. I'm saying so maybe a kid nowadays would have a cell phone so they can call 911. But like still like, okay, come get us. Where are you? You know, like we have to like bring the bring the, the guys back to where this whole thing happened. Yeah. And then also like even if you're 10, even if you know CPR. Yeah. It's really hard to do CPR that size to a full-grown person, and yeah. then, and even then, like we found out later, like they 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 basically said that like he was probably gone before he hit the floor. So yeah. even if we had known everything to do, and even if we had had cell phones, and even if we knew to do CPR, and even if we you know like it was maybe if we had a defibrillator defibrillator with us, then maybe we could have done something. Maybe. Good. You know, that, that, and at that time, that technology was still fairly new, so that or means... non-existent. I'm not. I'm not sure. <clears throat> I mean, like, th- there wasn't really anything to. Do. I mean, I'm saying, like, like this. That's like the other thing. I mean, I, you know, I happen to be, you know, religious, coming from that type of perspective. Sure. I mean, sure. from that perspective, <clears throat> God says it's time to go. Like, you know, you can sit there and be like, but I have to, but I have to, but I have to. It's like, see ya. I, I, as much as it's as done as a. As it's said in jest, the old joke, you know, if we're on a plane and the plane's rocking and all of a sudden, well, if the plane goes down, my, I'm okay, it's my time. And everybody else on the plane goes, yeah, but what if it's not ours? And it's like, <laughs> well, I hate to say it, but guess what? We all got on the plane at the right time, according to him. I've experienced the same thing. I, I can share that another time. But you experience, you, I've, ex- you- I've experienced having, and I was the one that had to do CPR. Um, oh, wow. But I, I experienced what that means. That usually when it's at that point, the amount of survivability is very small um, right. because most times it's too late. Well, if, if CPR <clears throat> started within like, I mean, they say there's like all these charts, you know, if you start CPR within five minutes, then it's like a higher survivability. If you start within 10 minutes, it's a much lower. I mean, it just, Mo- most every of, most of second them, that passes. Every second counts, but most of the ones that are started are usually past the five minute mark because nobody's uh, really figured out what's going on until it's right, that right, point. Right. And, and, and it's good that they still do it. You should still do it because you never know. There's that other right. percentage, you know, maybe right. they're that percentage, but the amount of trauma that that gives to kids, especially knowing that you can't do anything because you just, you can't, you don't have the weight, you don't have the strength, you don't have the endurability. You really don't know what to do anyway. And now you have to, <laughs> you have to go back to school and still keep going and still keep learning and still, yeah still keep evolving i mean how do you do that i mean it it, you're in a position now where you're looking at being somebody that came from that event and i'm sure there were more since then i tell people that was a catalyst for a rocky set of teenage years the way that i put it in a lot of my profiles is that and i and i use quote marks because i'm just joking i'm not like seriously trying to say that i have a phd but, you know, I use quote marks around, but I say that I have a PhD from the school of hard knocks and, or, or from the, you know, you can also say from the school of doing stupid things. <laughs> I know this school. I know that school well, have been there. I know there are a lot of people who know these Part- schools. Participated also, you know. in the Hawaiian version, trust me. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, run-ins with, with, with the law and, you know, you know, different drug use and just partying. And, you know, I, I hate to say the wrong people. Cause like I, I, I still know those people. I still love them, but let's say a bunch of people that were also doing the wrong things and you know it's just i think when we're, I mean, it's, it's hard. just I just just for us i mean i'm i'm not as young uh as i used to be <clears throat> but when i was 
I noticed that there were a lot of bad decisions made. And I think a lot of that, a portion of it had to do with just, you know, wanting to be the rebel without a cause and go do whatever the heck I wanted to. And I think the other part of it was just not having any direction. That was me. Did you find that kind of similar to what you were at that point? Uh, or? Yeah, I mean, so there, there was an element of like wanting to be a rebel. So I'm going to talk a little bit about something that I know that happens within my own community. I yeah, do it. It happens within other communities as well. There's this new phenomena that like when somebody is doing the wrong thing, like, you know, just pat them on the back and, you know, and I'm not, there's like a lot of thoughts over here. So give me a few, but I'm not saying like, you know, don't love kids who are going through a hard time. Right. That's I'm saying. But sometimes it requires tough love and yep. we've gotten to a point where <clears throat> tough love like, like doesn't exist. I'll give you an example. You know, my cousin, you know, we, he was going through a hard time also. And so he, I think he like boosted his mom's car. And, and so again, right. So, so he, we're talking like a joy ride with his yeah. mom's car, yeah. like late at yeah. night, you know, now there was a whole family discussion between my mom's sisters and my, my granddad who, and he was a hard ass, you know I mean? If you've ever watched that 70s show, yeah. I think Red Foreman, he, lo- he even looked a little bit like Red Foreman, but like yeah. Red Foreman, times like 10, you know, like, <clears throat> like, like there was one time, he's gone now, but I'm saying there's one time with my, I, I think my cousin was like five or six years old or something, eight years old. And, and like, he's sitting like right there. And my granddad's like, yeah, when are you going to stop smoking all that pot? I'm like, my cousin's like right there, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like a like a Boston personality. Like he just doesn't care. He's like, just I'm gonna say it as it is, and you better deal with it. You know, it was like a tough love thing. It wasn't yeah. coming from like a like an asshole thing. It was coming no, from like, no, no, no. That that's you know, so the, the, we get those. You're right. This happens in every community. They all have them. Oh no, um, so, it's it's that one person that completely is like, yeah, I don't care about what you think of what I'm saying. You, it needs yeah. to be heard. And so, so eventually like the kind of like the family decision was that like he should, they should call the cops, you know, throw him in jail. And so they like, I think they did that. And I think he kind of sat in jail for like two or three days. Uh Now I'm not going to say that that's a recommended thing to do (laughs) that may have gone overboard and he may have gotten in trouble a few more times after that. But I will tell you that like nowadays, I mean, he's a great guy. I mean, like, you know, he takes really, you know, he's got a daughter, he's like, you know, raising her single dad, like taking good care of her, like, awesome. that, you know, like, awesome, it, awesome. And, and like, I've gone through stuff like that also. It didn't necessarily come from my parents. I mean, I will tell you that, you know, there were a couple of times here or there where I needed bail posted and I would not call my parents because I didn't think they would post it. Oh. <laughs> you know, I'd, po- I'd call my boss or whatever. And he, you know, the, the, the one time like that I remember that there was, you know, I called my boss and he called my brother and he said, listen, I'll back the money, but you go do everything that needs to be done. So my yeah. brother called, you know, got in touch with the bail bonds and they, you know, did all this stuff and everything. My boss paid him back and then I took care of the money with my boss. But I'm saying, you know, you ever, you, they have that TV show scared straight. I, you know, I, they, they, they're trying to, they're trying to get views. So I don't know that's, how real that's it. That's a different, that's a different kind of tough love. Yeah, than but it I'm is. Say- it's a program that's been in existence for a long time and it has helped a lot of kids and it's yeah. also not helped a lot of kids. Yeah, right, right. Every every kid needs something else. <laughs> that's what it comes out of. But what I'm saying is is like is like sitting there I, I have a point to all this and I'm sorry that I'm just jumping No, that's, to get there, that's but, what we do, brother. <laughs> <laughs> the point is is like is like my cousin like had this like difficult thing that happened to him because he like ended up, you know, not serving hard time, but like he ended up inside for a few days mm-hmm. because of this. And I ended up, there was a couple times when I was inside for a few days and like it, it should, and it did for me. And it seems like it did for him, scare the bejeepers out of you, mm-hmm. you know? And, and that's like actually like a really good thing because like, it, I think 
for kids who are like getting in trouble because it's kind of sits there and says, okay, don't do that. Mm-hmm. But the point of it is, is that like when I, th- there was a degree of like implied a w- reward that I saw for becoming like a badass. Yeah. You know, cause I see all these kids who are going through this stuff, these kids who are two or three years older than, than I am that I'm a little bit friends with. And like, they're like, everybody's like, Oh, you're having a hard time. You're like, you're like off the beaten path. You're like dropping out of school. And like, you've got all this stuff going on. Well, we're going to take you paintball and we're going to take you, you know, this, we're going to do this other really cool thing with you. We're going to like, you know, take you out of your parents' house and put, to, put you at the house of your own where you can like mm-hmm. watch TV most of the mm-hmm. day. And like, give you like arcade games and pool tables and like, you can do whatever you want. And then like, they get in touch with, they, they go to the guy who's like in charge of the program and they're like, yo, you rabbi, you know, like, and like, like what I, you know. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is like, is like, and I'm still trying to figure out the balance for this and everything else. And I've, you know, I've, I've done work with like youth since whatnot since then, but I don't know that capitulating to every request is the right way to go because what it ends up doing is, is it ends up saying like, you can just do whatever you want and we're going to give you a reward. And so then the kids who wouldn't end up in those places otherwise, are like, well, if they're getting all that for doing that, if I act out, then I'm going to get all that. Right. And then they start acting out and then they start get re- getting rewarded for acting out. So it's like, yep. <clears throat> de- I mean, definitely you need to show these kids like a lot of love and you need to sit there and be like, you know, how can I help you and whatever. But like, I mean, you know, I was telling you, I was working with a youth program and so I took him hiking one time and like this kid's like sitting there with this one kid and like, I guess, I don't know if he was testing me or if he was just being a jackass or whatever, but like, we're sitting there, we're like on this cliff or something, and he takes the bottle of water he's been drinking, he like looks me straight in the face and just chucks it off the cliff. And I laid into him, I'm like, dude, you can't do that. And he's like, what do you mean, what the hell? You, you know, like whatever. And I'm like, you can't do that. And, and like, I went into this whole thing, like, you know, you're hiking, you're in nature, you don't, you don't just throw a bottle of water down, you know, like yeah. you, can't, you, can't, you can't do that. We're like, we don't want to leave a mark. I'm like, I don't have to take you, like I'll, I'll take everybody else and I'll leave your ass at home, you know? Yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> and, I mean. And so, it's interesting because like, I mean, I didn't like make him cry or anything like that, but I'd like no, told him how it was, you know, stuff, stuff like stuff like that. And, and I've had to do this two years previous where somebody might say something and disrespectful to a, an elder or something like that. It's a little tougher back in Hawaii. So it, it becomes one of those things where if they mouth off, it's kind of like, I think you might want to reconsider what you're saying because you're not quite clear who you're talking to. Yeah, and and they're like they won't t- they won't take it. By the way, they they will they're take not, it. They will take it. Yep. The kids or the adults, you're saying? No, the, some of the adults will take it. So some of us younger adults will step in and go, "I'm oh, sorry, oh, oh, that's oh. not proper. You are going to correct yourself. You're going to apologize, and you're going to tell them you love them." And the moment right, the younger okay. one starts mouthing off, it's like, "Okay, let me explain something to you." Not okay. Not acceptable. Yeah, yeah. Not acceptable. And if you want to go um, any, any further, let me know. There's a back door right out there that we can go and talk. <laughs> and have a long talk. And have, a, have no. a, oh no, it won't be long. Trust me. But no, the, the I, idea, and the idea there honestly is just, you know, there's respect that's, that's should be had as a default. You know, there's, we've there's, taken a, a deep step away from that. Um, it's, it's really odd to me. General. Yeah. It's like, I know people who I, who I love and, and respect for, for their expertise and stuff. And their attitude is, well, you have to earn my respect. And it's like, if I don't know you and I'm your elder, you will respect me if you want my respect. I'm, I have nothing to earn from you. The old way is you respect your elders. Well, I don't have to respect my elders because my elders didn't respect me. I'm like, well, then you are wrong, the wrong, uh, wrong elders for one. <laughs> and two, that's just not how it works. 
No, so so there, there's two things. First of all, happy ending with that story with the kid out in the woods. Yes, um, please. When we got to the end of the trail, mm-hmm. right, he comes over to me and he's like, by the way, look what I did. And he holds up, like, I think he collected three bottles. Not the one that he dropped down. because That's awesome. But he's like, I found garbage in the woods to, like, make up for what I did. And I'm like, all right. Perfect. Cool. That's yeah. – and that – is the kind of stuff that that should happen right and so like the leader of the program he's like he's like you know because that was like my trial day you know like before they sat there and brought me on to do <laughs> leader of the program is like i told everybody he's like that you got this he's like you just had like instant rapport with the kids and like you know everything was working out and then like when he tested you you called him out on it immediately and you were like no way that's not going to be okay and like you know so you know anyways that's one thing the other thing is we actually have a concept in you know in judaism that I think it's, I think it's the age is like 70. It's like, if somebody hits the age of 70, right? Not everybody does, right? A lot of people die at yeah. 68 and yeah. 65 and 60, yeah. whatever. Somebody hits the age of 70, they've done something uh, right, maybe, or they've done something to be respected for, maybe. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to look at it, but like yeah. they've made it a certain distance and therefore just by the virtue of the fact that they're 70, they are to be respected and stuff. Yeah. And now, in the world we live in, we don't necessarily show them the, the same level of respect and what like what we're supposed to do. But right. you know, technically, again, the people don't do it in general, like as a whole. In which case, it's not really required. Whatever, it's a complicated thing. But basically, you're supposed to stand up. You know, when they walk into the room, you're supposed to be like, oh, 75 year old guy walked in the room. Time to stand up. You know, well, he's not. He's not. You know, a learned man. He's not like you know. Uh, a justice or anything and it's like no he's an elderly he's he's elderly in the sense that he made it past that age and by virtue of the fact that he's that old and he's lived through all the life experiences that he's mm-hmm. lived with and through like getting to 70 i mean mm-hmm. you, you know you show respect and certainly for like an 80 or a 90 year old i'm saying a lot of uh, a lot of the a lot of the martial arts communities are like that too if you make certain belts and you're a belt below you show them respect they've gone through the testing they've gone through the tournaments or whatever they've been Absolutely. through they know a little bit more they can actually help you to get to that next level so you show them respect if you don't they're not going to want to help you yep. you know and that goes back to the master and then the grandmaster the grandmaster is a real trip <clears throat> I, I i know a few of them and it's it's interesting i used to one that is no longer with us he used to walk into the room before he walked into the room if you understand that concept I've been in martial arts circles many years ago, but I'm not sure what you mean by that. His energy would walk in before he did. Oh, okay. He would feel the room out before he ever walked in the room, so he would know who was in there. And it's funny because (laughs) the one time I visited one of his black belts classes, I was sitting off in the corner, and everybody was practicing doing their thing, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden I sat up and I went, what is that? And then in (laughs) in comes walking the GM. And I looked up and I went, ah, it's him. <laughs> and, he, and the first thing he does, he walks in and he looks straight at me and he goes, I says, hey, Sifu, how are you? And he looks at me and he goes, what are you doing over here? Are you helping out with the class? I was like, no, I'm not helping out. This is watching. <laughs> and he looks at me and he goes, you can help with the class. I'm like, no, I can't. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ranked in this class. It's not going to happen. Forget it. And he's like, I don't know. Maybe you should. I'm like, nope, nope, not going to happen. But it was, it was, it was a recognition thing that, I mean, he is Sifu, no matter what, or Sigong, if you will. And that was his place. And his black belts were still, to me, I respect them too, because by rank, they were above me, even with all the stuff that I've learned. So I still give them respect as well. It's, it's when that happens <clears throat> and the humility is in place, and I think this is in any 
belief system. When humility is in place before pride or ego, a lot more gets done in a lot shorter time because people yeah. are more willing to help. And Absolutely. I think that's a mindset thing. Absolutely. So, the, I mean, going back to the same thing, I mean, I'm just bringing up a lot of stuff, but whatever it fits, I'm saying, you know, so I don't, I don't, I don't remember where the concept comes from. I, I probably should be quoting who it comes from, but I don't remember who at this time. We'll find it. But the idea is there's an idea about respect that uh, maybe it's that, that, you know, respect is unique and stuff, but the more you run after respect, Mm-hmm. the more respect runs after runs away from you. Yeah. And the more you run away from respect, the more it chases you. So it's, it is, it's literally a humility thing, right? Mm-hmm. If you remain humble and you are giving respect to other people and you're like, no, 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 I don't want the respect that, that you are trying to shower upon me, mm-hmm. the more that it actually comes to you and it's well-earned. And the more that you're like, oh, please give me more respect. Come on, please respect me more, 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 more. The more yeah. people are like, uh-uh, <clears throat> no thanks, no interest. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to do that because like, that's how I try to live my life. But, you know, being a speaker, like there's a certain level of like, it's hard. I mean, like, I don't want to be haughty or anything like that, or like talk myself up. But right. if I don't do that, because the market is a little bit saturated and stuff, mm-hmm. if I don't do that, nobody's going to hear about me. So it's, I, have, I'm, I, I constantly am trying to strike this balance of like, no, 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 I shun all respect. I don't really need to, you know, I mean, for certainly my own community, I can do that because, you know, people... I can sit there and, and, and just, you know, just be in the background and not like, and, and, not, and, you know, do things, but not do things in a way that like people feel like they need to like give me recognition. Right. But, but you know, like in the speaking world, sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this in my head. But meanwhile, I'm like, oh yeah, like, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> so there, so there's two schools of thought on that one. And, and I, I, I totally get where you're coming from with regards to self-promotion in the needs of marketing versus, versus self-humility which can be balanced. There's an absolute balance that can be stricken, even with the saturation that's in the marketplace. Half of that, well, you're a marketer, so you know where I'm going to go with this here in a second. One of the things about self-promotion with humility is the ability to portray your message without sounding like you're throwing your message or pushing your message on somebody. You've already been living, by example. You've written a book, which is a great place to, to showcase what it is that you've been through and you're consistently out sharing. When you posture yourself as someone who just wants to share, which is what you've been doing anyway, who just wants to share to inspire others, you're no longer, you're no longer asking for respect. You're commanding respect. There's a difference. When you walk into a room from your mouth to God's ears, (laughs) (laughs) when you walk into a room, there's a difference between demanding and commanding. And this has to do with how you present yourself when you first walk in. If you walk in with your chest puffed and your nose in the air, you're demanding respect. When you walk in with your nose level and your body at still, still even what they call stasis, you know, when, you're, when your back's not over curved, it's not arched, it's just, it's normal. But your shoulders are back. You are commanding respect because at that point, people are going to turn and go, okay, he's not a stuck up shithead because his, no, his nose ain't in the air, but he ain't looking at the ground either. Who is he? You've taken, you've, you've been taken notice of. At that point, you've already got some respect. And I, I hear this all the time. When I walk into a room, I ask people, what did you see when I walked in? They said, we saw somebody who was confident, not an asshole, not, not, a, not a, you know, full of himself. I said, and, and, and since we've been talking, how have I presented myself? Have I presented myself as someone respectable and, and at least somewhat humble? 
they're like, we don't even know what the hell you do yet. You've been talking about us all this time. I'm like, perfect. <laughs> so, so you get the point. It's, there's a difference between being self-promoting because you have to market yourself. You're absolutely right. When it comes to speaking, ee, there's a shit ton of people out there. If you don't promote yourself, you ain't getting hurt. And then being out there saying, well, I'm just, I'm, I'm the best. I'm, I'm just, and I know some speakers like this and I, I just, I still, I've told them this already and they don't listen. It's like, all right, dude, do what you're doing. You're making six figures, eight figures, whatever. I don't care. Some people who look like they're doing that stuff or who are, who it seems like that's how they're doing it. I mean, they're, they're just, you know, blowing up because there are people who are attracted to that for some reason. And I don't get it, but there are people who are attracted to that kind of thing. Like, you know, they're uh, attracted, they're attracted to the ego because they themselves haven't found that their own ego is what's killing them. This is what I've seen. You should write that down and put it on your website. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good quote right there. Uh, Well, I'll have to, I have to come back and listen to it and write it down. Uh, Guys, we got to take a short pause. We've been going and I, and I, and I warned Ari about this. We, we run down rabbit holes. We'll be talking long. We're going to take a short 30 (laughs) second break. We'll be right back. We're going to talk a little bit more about what inspires him and what's changed and how all of his transformations have happened. So give us 30. We'll be right back. And we're back at Java Chat here interviewing Ari Gunsberg. And we were just talking about we were just talking about a few things with regards to speaking and how to how to stay away from ego when it comes to promoting and marketing and stuff like that. And entrepreneurs that are out there listening to this, please go listen to that first section again because there's there's a there's a huge difference. This section we talk about what inspires. You had a transformational point somewhere along that line. I'd like you to touch on that. What was when did the bells and whistles start going off for you? And what inspired you to, to you know, you wrote a book. You, you, you're now a speaker. You go out and you, you help inspire people to do what, what, where did all this come from and, and how did this all come to be? Okay. So you have, there's a bunch of, uh, <laughs> a bunch of directions to go there. Cause that was a bunch of different aspects to that question. But the first thing is it, it sounds like you're looking more for the transfor- transformational moment mm-hmm. where I decided to go into That's like the first one. Okay, fine. Because uh, meaning I'm saying, first of all, I've had a lot of different transformational times in my life mm-hmm. as we all have. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's really kind of what, like what life is, is, you know, we're going through these different things and, you know, this happens, we have to kind of adjust and, 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 you know, change what we do and how we are. And then something else happens. And so, you know, that's kind of like what life is, is yeah. life is a never ending. And the people who say, oh, but I just want to be comfortable. And I say it also, uh, I'm not innocent of this, but the people who say, I just want to be comfortable already. I just want to stay with what I've got. You know, I'm in a good place right now. That's not what life is. You know, life right. is, life is about growth. And if you're, if you're comfortable, you're not growing. So and I, I, I'm preaching to the choir here. Cause I'm like trying to tell myself this right now as we're speaking, you know? <laughs> but you know, we, we, we grow by learning and we grow by, by putting ourselves into positions that are difficult for ourselves. Yeah. And that's, that's how we grow. But the, so that transformational moment a few years ago when I was doing graphics and website design and I was, I had like a little publication that I was doing that was mm-hmm. really not doing so well, but I kept mm-hmm. on like trying to keep it alive, you know, entrepreneurial. And I started working on oh, the business. joys of entrepreneurship. Oh Fuck. boy. Some of the- <laughs> F-A-A-H-K. <laughs> <laughs> So I started working with a business coach, like, what the hell am I doing? And Mm -hmm. should I continue in this career? Mm -hmm. And the first thing we did is we got rid of that publication. You know, he's like, if it's doing wildly well, 
what's the best possible number that it's going to create for you? And I sat there and did the math and I said, yep, that's over. Because <laughs> I was like, wow, that was, a clarifying, that was a clarifying question, right? Because if yeah. I sit there and I look at it and realize that the max it'll ever make is 250 grand, maybe 500 grand if it's doing phenomenally well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Saying that's not like a, a golden, like, you know, everybody wants to work on something because maybe it'll be the unicorn. Right. Right. Yeah. And we don't necessarily need that billion dollar unicorn. Right. For a lot of us, let's say if we can create a company that's worth $10 million, we're great. Yeah. yeah. But if, if that max, <clears throat> max, max number of what you're working on is 500 grand, you better love what you're doing. You better be changing lives daily because that's not a lot of money. Nope. Saying in the big scheme of things to be an entrepreneur, to deal with all the stuff. So mm -hmm. anyways, but but as we were talking and stuff, like I don't even remember exactly how speaking and coaching and like this type of stuff came up, but it did. It came up, and and like at the same time, and we're gonna just jump a little bit into another part of the question at this point. At the same time, right around that same time, somebody asked me to come and speak to a bunch of kids that were in the juvenile delinquent uh, detention center, right, incarcerated, right. Some of them possibly for life. Oof. And, uh, you know, she was like, she was like, these kids don't know anything about careers. All they know is that you can be a police officer, you can be a drug dealer, you can be a teacher, or you can be a, you know, a parole, whatever. I'm saying like, all they know is what they've experienced. I want people to come in and tell them about other, other careers. Yeah. So at first I said, no, I didn't want to go inside. I just, you know, I was like, been there, done that. No, thanks. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I realized that I actually could connect with the guys and, and really connect with them and be like, look, I know what you're going through at least a little bit because like i've been there yeah and yeah. so so i ended up going in and speaking to them and and like it was crazy by the way because mm -hmm. so you know i kind of made the decision to like flip over to this right around the same time then i go in and i do this and i'm like yeah this is kind of what i want to do but the craziest thing was the morning of and this is almost four years ago my, i can tell because it happened like a few weeks before my third child my daughter was born and she's turning forward a little bit nice so, so, so how many kids you got? Four. Jeez. Yeah, the, they're amazing. I thought I thought, I thought a handful. Was, well, I thought amazing. I thought one was tough. <laughs> yeah, they're amazing, but a handful. But anyways, so so you know, I'm stressed out because like you know, there's a birth imminent any day now. Yeah. And and I sit there and I like you know write down my whole story. I'm like, oh, I can help them. I'll tell them my story. And then like I had this moment of like, I, I guess what they call it. I didn't know what to call it at the time, but I guess what they call it is uh, imposter syndrome. Oh yeah. Oh I'm yeah. Like, why do I think that they could care less about my story? They want to hear about careers. Why do I think that they could care less about my story? And I'm like about to like sit there and just chuck it. And I'm like, you know what, before I sit there and just say, I'm not going to do it. Why don't I leave it up to them? You know, like I came prepared with a, with a, you know, with a talk about marketing mm -hmm. and design and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. And I came prepared with a story. So I said, look, you know, I'm uh, I walk in there and I'm like, listen, guys, you know, like I've been where you've been and I, you know, I can really feel, you know, and I'd, I'd like to tell you my story, but only if you guys really want to hear, if you guys don't want to hear it, no problem. We'll go straight into the, the career aspect of it by a show of hands. Who wants to hear my story? And almost every hand in the audience went up and I'm like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, so, so a number of hours later, cause like, I just, I just kept, you know, they, I mean, it, it was a give and take, you know, I told them my story for like 45 minutes or an hour. And then I, we did this whole marketing exercise for like 45 minutes or an hour. And, and basically what we did is we created a product branding name, et cetera, color scheme, et cetera, and stuff like that. And, and so when I got home, I was like, so fired up from like, I bet. from like work with these kids and they did such a great job. Right. Cause they, you know, they don't have that confidence or anything. Right. Like the, the, the name of everything, like it was almost a joke. And like a guy sat there and was like, you know, the name, it was a laundry detergent called fresh. Okay. Right. 
And so like this guy, he's like almost joking and almost like, you know, whatever. He's like, if it ain't fresh, it ain't the best. And everybody starts laughing at him, like almost like pointing fingers at him. And I'm like, no, 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 that, that was really good. Yeah, because you know? it's catchy. Yeah, it's catchy, you know? And so whatever. But I, I went home and I did a graphic design project where I grabbed like a laundry detergent bottle and I uh -huh. designed it. And I put label on it and everything else. And I sent it to her and she printed it out and she brought it into the kit. And they were like, wow, you know, like he's got mad skills. And it's like, <laughs> I think, I think a lot um, of, I think a lot of people forget that the human creativity is a lot more than people think, especially if you just give them enough to chew uh, on. Yes, yes, yes. And they did a phenomenal job. I mean, they did, a, they did a really good job. And so, so, I mean, but that like, kind of like pushed me into this thing and I'm like, wow, like I can really help people. And and, and that was also kind of like a transformational moment for me because I started to realize that I had lived through a lot of stuff, mm -hmm. a lot of crazy things. Mm -hmm. And I had been through to a lot of dark places yeah. and, you know, I, I'm not sure exactly why or how, but I felt like I needed to like push it away and hide it. And like, I didn't really want people to know about it. You know, like you want to be a stand-up member of your community. And part sure. of being a stand-up member of your community is not sitting there and being like, by the way, when I was 16, I was, you know, uh, this is what happened. And when I was 17, this is what happened. And when I was 19, and it's not like, you know, oh, well, that one time that I, it's no, it's like, well, you know, I've been like, you know, a few times. How many? I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's not like really how you sit there and like say like, you know, oh, like, you know, you know, I'm just a regular person in the community. And stuff. Right. But, but I realized that I can help people and, and, and that there's so much more value in that than my own, than my own I'm not going to say self-respect because that's not the word that I'm looking for, but my own self image, not self image either. Cause I know what I did, but you know, then, then putting on this facade of like, you know, Ooh, look at me, I'm, you know, just a regular Joe Schmo. Yeah. And so, so, you know, that's when I kind of like, cause like some of this stuff, some of the stories that I'm putting out there, some of the videos that I put out there, some of this stuff, like you can't go back and erase it. Like I can't sit there and get back in touch with like different podcast hosts and say, no, you got to take that down. I mean, people have already heard it. Like it's, it's out. Like once you start telling these stories, it's out there. Like you can't pull it back. And so I had to make the decision that like, I'm just not going to care about the fact that I'm, it's going to be hard, kind of somewhat hard to get a normal job ever again. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, there's no coming back from it, but you know, if I can, like what I tell people a lot of times, if I can help even one person and I, hopefully I'll help a lot more than that, but if I can help even one person in, in, and there's many different ways that I can help many different avenues, if I can help even one person, it's all, it all becomes worth it. And that's, that's the amazing thing. So then, yeah. I think so, we kind of like we needed to get over to like the book and everything, right? Well, yeah, and that was that was where I was going to take this. Is you had that transformation moment, you started realizing you can coach. So, what inspired the book? So, I have this concept mm -hmm. that I can't tell you more about because it's not fully fleshed out. It's I would say the the idea is probably seventy percent of the way there, and whatever. So, I have this concept of like this this program, this mm -hmm. really really easy, really replicable program that is like set up to be grassroots and like, I want to give it to the world and I want to, I want to do it because it'll, it'll help create happiness. It'll help create self-worth, self-confidence. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, and, and I'm not trying to sit there, you know, there's people out there who are like, Oh, I'm going to make you the most confident person in the world. Just pay me $3,000 a month. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> that's great, but I'm going to stay over here. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm not, mm. I'm, you know, what I, what I like to make some money off of it. Look, we all got to live. Right. But my purpose behind it is not to sit there and like try and charge people an arm and a leg. Like my purpose behind it is to literally give it to the world, create this grassroots movement. And, you know, I'll have a book about it. So I'll sell some books and I'll be able to speak about it. So I'll be able to, you know, make some speaking fees and stuff. But the, the main goal of it is to really to, to like sit there and create that change and create that help with people. 
so I have this whole concept and I like have, it's been sitting on me for a couple of years and I actually told it to my brother at one point and he's like, I had the exact same idea or very, very similar. And he sat there and got into his own brain and was like, it's not worth it. I can't do it. But I didn't. And I yeah. still believe in the idea and I still believe it's going to be amazing. And there's been a million things getting in my way, unfortunately, but you know, so, okay. So last summer I was like, okay, that's it. I'm going to write the book. Okay. Before fleshing out the concept, which apparently I relearned a few months ago, I can tell you about that it was a bad idea, but I'm, like, <laughs> I'm going to write the book. And so I, I took like a, a, a summer position so that my kids could have like a fantastic summer. It was a lot. It was, it was potentially, we didn't know, we didn't think it was, but now we're finding out that maybe it was, it was the last year maybe that my mother-in-law was cooking at the camp that she cooked at for many, many years. It was still too early for my daughter to go because mm -hmm. she wasn't in the right age group unless we went. So oh. we went and we took a job for the summer and she got to go and have her summer by, by nice. her grandmother's camp and everything. It was like really cool. And I had this vision that like, you know, I was going to like have most of my day taken care of. So I wouldn't think about anything except for, did you hear my daughter in the other room? Yes, I did. <laughs> it's adorable. So, so I had this vision that like, I would sit there and like the whole day would be focused on this, you know, work for the camp. And then like, I'd grab like two hours in the morning, two hours at night and like work on the book. Didn't happen. I didn't realize how much of my time was going to be taken up with what I was doing, plus family time, plus this time, plus this time, yep. didn't get anything done. Yep. But what did happen was I was in a car for many, many hours of the day. That's what I was doing. I was driving around for them, uh, you know, and it's upstate. Okay. So it's like, oh, go run an errand to the corner <clears throat> store, 30 minutes there, 30 minutes back. Right. Oh, go take the kid to the doctor, 45 minutes there, wait for two hours, 45 minutes back, you know, like just constantly. Yeah. So, yeah. and you know, I, I drove like eight or 9,000 miles throughout the summer. Goodness. It, in that car. And you know, that's yeah, but, not I mean, the, in three months? I did in my own car. Holy crap. Yeah, no, two in like two and a half months. Yeah, exactly. Sheesh. But listen, I'm saying like, I'm a driver. Like I I'm fine with like driving for hours and hours and hours. I get, I get books. I listen to them and then, and then I turn on music and then like, I'll sit there and think. And I had so much time to like process stuff. And I just was like thinking like this, this, these five keys kept on basically just like popping into my head and being like, you know, you have to like develop this concept more and more and more and more. Uh -huh. And I'll come up and be like, and it wasn't five keys. Right. I was just sitting there saying like, what makes a great life? And I sat there and kept on coming up and like, you know, well, what about this? And, and, you know, I ended up with a decent sized list. Maybe it was like 10 things or so. But then I started saying like, no, really like this particular thing, like patience, let's say, right. Mm -hmm. well, you don't need to sit there and call patience a key because patience really fits into persistence. Right. Right. In order right. to be persistent, you need to be patient. Yep. And, you know, so that's just one example. So you have all these different things. And I sat there and just started saying, no, that's really a subcategory of the larger one. And, and I ended up with five things. And, and so then by the time I had those, I was like, you know, really, I should probably do this book first. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I started the book on a plane trip when I was going abroad back in January. Mm -hmm. And, you know, things I'm, I keep on trying to get, you know, doing self-promotion and doing this and doing that and family time and everything else. And one thing led to another and I just basically didn't touch it again. And then the COVID hit and things got even crazier. Mm -hmm. And then come mid-May, I'm like, that's it. You know, we're in the middle of COVID. There's nothing doing. I'm going to get this book done. And so I sat there and started making time every single day, first thing in the morning. You know, this is the Java chat. I'd wake up in the morning, make yeah. my coffee, sit down. And I'm like, I'm not doing anything else until I write. Yeah. And like, <clears throat> I guarded that time so jealously in order to make sure that it happened. And, you know, so I sat there and, you know, was, okay, what's going on in the book? How's it going to work, et cetera cranked the whole thing out. And then, and then once it was, it, I, it took me like mid-May to like mid-July, I guess, or yeah. mid, you know, beginning of mid-July or something. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think I got it up to like 65 or 68,000 words at one point. Nice. But then, 
but then they, they say there, there's this whole concept in writing of like murder your darlings, right? Stephen King talks about it. And when he talks about it, he's quoting somebody else. And I don't remember who he originally quotes, but when you, after you write, you need to edit yeah. and edit really, really, really aggressively. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize that in previous writing projects of mine. And with this one, like I sat there, I sent it out to some people and I was waiting for them to tell me, you know, this is the next, the one minute manager or whatever, and, you know, this right. the next right. whatever and crickets. and i'd reach out to them be like hey did you get a chance to read the book yet and like crickets or they'd be like oh not yet or whatever and like one person got back to me and he's like yeah i started reading it and like you know and he told me some things that were like at issue with it Mm -hmm. and i'm like and i just this is somebody who like sometimes is like a little bit of a negative voice sometimes to me or Uh feels like that to me although he tells me that he's doing it from you know a, a realistic place yeah whatever so but, but so I couldn't really fully hear what he had to say. And then I finally got somebody to kind of like respond to me a little bit. And I'm like, it, it's a little long, isn't it? And he's like, yeah, it just, it just meanders a lot. And I'm like, mm. okay, we got to, we got to, we got to like really, really, really aggressively take this thing down. And so I brought it down to like 45,000 words. There you go. Yeah. And, and like, there were certain parts that like I did, you know, one of the pieces of feedback was like, you know, you're telling me that this book is about the five keys to greatness in the first iteration. Like you were like four, 13 or 14,000 words into the book before you heard about the first one. Yeah. That's a little too far. Yeah. So now it's like three or 4,000 words, you know, like Perfect. there's like a few, there are a few chapters, but you know, you're getting to that, to those, to those keys of great, you know, fairly quickly, you know, you need pretext, it. you need context, and then you need right. content. Exactly. That's, that's, I, I've, I've, I got this, one book just, I have to re-release. It's the same story. I went through the same thing, brother. Yeah. 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 So I, I did a lot of extensive editing and stuff. And so now, now, you know, I mean, the, 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 the feedback that I'm getting from it is very, very positive. It's written in a story format. So it's not like Perfect. a typical self-help book where you're like, you know, here's the things I think you should do. Maybe some of them, here's some action items. Next chapter, here's more new stuff, you know, yeah. and let me create my case. You know, it's, to, it's told in the, in the format of a story, you know, guys going like through a really hard time. I think most people can can see themselves in what this guy is going through, mm-hmm. and and you know so so if you see yourself in this character or in the other characters in the book, then you can start seeing yourself doing the exact same things. And it just right. lays out the system, lays out the reasons behind it, lays out why it's valuable. And I mean, listen, the, the system is so simple, right? You can remember mm-hmm. it in like three seconds, right? Mm-hmm. And I can tell it to you in like three seconds, and mm-hmm. you can just sit there and think about it and think about it and think about it. But you know, this is I mean, hopefully it's a good, a decent introduction to it and stuff. And that's. And, and that's the story of the book. And now, now I'm like, you know, um, trying to still tell people about the five keys to greatness, hopefully changing lives here and there. And, and, you know, hopefully people can get a chance to like pick up the book and, and take a look at it and, and, you know, learn something from it. Well, we're definitely going to be putting the links down below when it comes to that point. Fantastic. There's so much running through my brain right now well, because a lot of what you thought, you hit one, obviously one of the categories is persistence. If I'm, if I'm catching that correctly without giving away all five, because we want them to read the bloody book. Uh, so you... I'm, I'm very conflicted about this, by the way. You know, at first I thought, you know, I don't want to give away the keys. And then I'm realizing more and more people, first of all, a lot of the reviewers ended up writing out what the five keys are. Uh-huh. And second of all, the people who are going to buy the book are going to buy the book and the people who aren't are not, I think. You know, well, I was going to say, and, feel and, free and to have, share a couple of them. I mean, and I have, and I have, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got a video course we finished recording last week. Cool. And it's currently in post-production and it's, it's also, it's the five keys to greatness and, and it's designed that it's presenting the same five keys to greatness, obviously, but it's mm-hmm. not presenting it in the same way as this book. We're also working on a workbook for the five keys to greatness so that people can awesome do specific exercises to like integrate these things yeah. into their life. But yeah. 
the idea is, is that again, right? Like with the other program I'm telling you, I was telling you about, I don't want people to feel like, oh, he's trying to make a buck. Look, you know, you want to support my work by the book, you know, like even if sure. you don't read it, it would be great Buy the book, whatever the, the, but the five keys I'm saying, like, you know, if you, if you really, really, really want to know what they are, you can do searches, you can sit there, you can find stuff and you'll be able to find content online that will tell you what the five keys are. So I, I, I've decided, I don't really care. I'll share them anytime. It gets, it gets once I have my site up. Yeah. Once I have my site up, I'm even going to sit there and give away a downloadable thing of the five keys to greatness. I'll tell right. you what they are for free. I don't care. Yeah. Um, I really just want people to use them. That's the main thing. You and have support. You Sorry. have a you, no no you good you have a you have <laughs> I still a, haven't said what they are yet <laughs> oh that's okay that's okay I want to I want to make a point before you do say what they are yes I have another friend who is a big advocate of the Go Giver if you remember that book mm, go go get it it's a short book it's really cool and you have that you have that Hawaiians call it ano you are that kind of person where you believe that giving the value away will show people that you, one, you have no fear of the value that you have to share and give. Two, you probably got a lot more behind it because you understand the concepts better than anybody. They can, you can probably help them understand it better. So they'd want to hire you for other things anyway. So it's sure. the right mentality, no matter how you look at it, it's, it's fine. If you want to share them, yeah, what are they, dude? I mean, All right. so it's super, super, super easy to remember what they are. All you have to do is remember the word great, right? So five nice. keys to greatness, remember the word great, you've got it. The first key is give, right? You want to just integrate more giving into your life. And there's so many ways to do that. A lot of people will say, oh, give. What does that mean? Like charity? No, it means anything. Open the door for somebody. Smile at somebody. Say hi to somebody. Say thank you. You know, give somebody an ear when they're, when they're thinking of stuff. You know, there's so many ways to give. And that, we're not going to go deeply into that because we're not going to go deeply into any of them. But the second one is reason, right? You want to have a defining reason in major areas of your life. And I recommend a defi one defining reason for work, one defining reason for home, you know, because nobody likes to go to work and say, oh, it's, is it the weekend yet? And it's Monday morning, 9 a.m., you know, but if you create a meaning behind what you're doing, then it, it just helps that tremendously. So give reason. The third one is engage, right? We want to be more present in the present moment. Oh, now you're, now you're talking my game. <laughs> uh, wait, wait, uh, I'm going to send you a copy of the book that I wrote. It, it it's awesome. it's it's american business etiquette and the whole premise of the damn thing is be present yeah oh my goodness i was talking to somebody the other day it was like a quick networking call and like in the middle of the call all of a sudden like she like sat there passed the 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 role of talking over to me you know she presented herself right and then you know tell me a little bit about this and i get started and the next thing i know it's oh and you know Lord. you know what i did i'm like sitting there i'm talking and it was a good moment and i was like yeah and then i came out with my book I'm sitting there like this and I'm waiting. <laughs> and finally, 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 she looks up and she's like, oh, very nice. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no. Anyways, uh, you know, we, all, we all can be better at being present, but, yes. you know, be, be more engaged with your own life and with the lives of the people around you. So absolutely, uh, that's the third key. Uh, amazing, right? And that's like more mindset, be positive, positivity, stuff like that. That's the fourth key. And the T is for tenacity, persistence. There it is. Right? Things don't happen except by people who remain persistent despite all hardship. Yeah. You know, and then, and then I do have like a little supplement, which I, at first when I was teaching it, I would say these are required. But now I realize they're not that required. You know, if you want to really implement them, you'll use them. But if you don't, you'll use these two extra pieces. But if you don't, you know, the five keys can still help you. But the two extra things are passion and action. You know, you got to be passionate about what you're doing. 
and you have to focus your passion in the right in the right direction, right? Think like a drug addict, right? Being passionate about heroin's not getting you anywhere good. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 action, right? If you don't take action, nothing's done. Did you ever see that? And it was a clip that was rolling around about Joe Rogan doing some stand up talking about how marijuana might make you forget forget things. No, I, I forget. <laughs> I it's a it it was oh it was so funny because you know how Joe's. He's, he's a good comedian. Okay. He's standing on stage and he's talking about, you know, everybody's against marijuana because it makes you forget things. And I look at him, I go, no, maybe, <laughs> but just the stuff that's not important. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's the, that's the first clip that came to mind when you said that. There's a, there's a, there's a great line from many years ago. I think it was Dennis, what's his face? I forget, Dennis Leary, maybe his name is. I don't remember, right? Okay. He's talking about like, you know, DUI, driving under the influence of what? Yeah, yeah. Right? He's, you got the guys who's, I, and I, I always forget which delivery to, to do it to make it the funniest, but like you got the guy who's driving like, you know, 30 miles an hour and sitting there trying to eat the upholstery and then the guy who's driving like 120 miles an hour trying to talk to the upholstery, right? <laughs> Big difference there, you know? There's a huge difference. <laughs> I think you delivered it just right because that the 100 times an hour talking to the upholstery just makes a whole different impact. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately i got this vision in my head of some guy real wide-eyed talking to his chair right next to him and there's nothing there <laughs> it's the insanity that goes with it so cool so great give reason engage amazing tenacity and then passion and action yeah and then and then the whole thing is is that the the a separate part of the concept is is like people might be like but i had this other program i was trying to implement or i was <clears throat> doing this other thing or this guy told me patience makes a difference or goals make a difference or whatever and and basically like the, the biggest thing that I tell people is make the five keys your own, right? Don't, don't make them what I think they are. Make them what will help you in the, mo in the best way. And then the second part of that is explore the concept of what you're trying to implement and where it fits into the five keys because I guarantee you it fits in there. And yeah. if you can't find it, reach out to me. Send me a, send me a message online or whatever and like we'll find it. Yeah. You know, we'll have a quick little chat. We'll sit there and be like, okay, goals. Well, you know, goals could be you could look at them as being a part of a reason or you could look at them as being part of being persistent like how do i be persistent and still reach where i'm trying to go whatever it is you know patience persistent you know anything that you're looking at it can fit into one of these other things and so it's not a contradiction to use both these and a few other systems it's it's amazing that i'm glad you brought that up because i was going to say you know just about every goal setting program i've seen fits somewhere in what you just gave me right it, it's and and this is more of an overarching theme that you can use to cover that program to keep you driven right and, and like the whole thing is is like i still use it and sometimes i use it better than others and so it's like you can just look at your life at any particular time and say am i weak in any of these particular areas am i not giving enough right now yeah. it, you know am i am i losing focus on my of my reason for being am i am i not as engaged as i should be mm -hmm. have i have i lost the ability to like sit there and look at things and be positive about what's happening to me like am i being too negative right and am i sitting there and throwing in the towel too quickly right am i being Am I giving up too easily? You know, so like if, if you're weak in any of these areas, then focus on that area for a little bit and strengthen it. Yeah, absolutely. It makes total sense. We're going to take one more break, you guys, when we come. Wow. Dude, we're just yeah, we got to I got a call coming up, so we're going to yeah, yeah, go, go, go ahead and do, gonna... do your break thing, and then we'll wrap up pretty soon. Yep, quickly. absolutely. We'll be back in about 30 seconds, guys. Just hang in there, and we're going we're gonna to figure out how you can find Ari. And we're back here at Java Chat with Ari Gunsberg. The last section here is basically figuring out where Ari is now, what he's working on. So what are you working on? What's next? I'm, I'm mostly working on the speaking. I, like I was telling you about before, I have that other program. So I, mm -hmm. I 
do, I am working on hashing out exactly how that works, the mm -hmm. structure of the particular program, you know, making it replicable. And then I got to, you know, recruit beta users, right. you know, people to sit there and like, just try out. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, send me a message and I'll put you on the list. Uh, Thank I you. have a list somewhere. I have to remember where it is. <laughs> you know, recruit some beta users to sit there and start trying this program out and seeing like, okay, well, this really worked. This really didn't work. You know, so, so instead of sitting there and giving it to the world and saying, this is going to work without ever having tested it, I'll have real feedback from real people. Got it. Got it. As soon as that's done. So, oh, that's, that's the funny story I was going to tell you about before. Okay. I started writing the book to sit there and sell this pro this other program that I was telling you about. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I get it. Okay. And I, and I, and I build up this whole thing and I got like 6,000 words into it and I have exactly the structure of what I want. And now uh -huh. I'm up to the point where like in the book, I have to have the characters go through the program uh -huh. and I'm like, crap, what the hell was I thinking? I don't know what the program is. I mean, I don't know the exact structure of the program. So how can they go through this? Exactly. And so I was like, all right, we're going to shelve that for a little bit while I sit there and, and, and hash out the details of the program. And then we can continue that. That's kind of slight. That's a slight oopsie there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, I finished this first book and I was like, I want to get started immediately on the next book. And then I was like, crap. I, <laughs> I, anyways, so, hmm. so, um, so that's, that's like, you know, get moving along and everything. And I've got, awesome. like I said, you know, I've got that workbook that I'm coming out with the video program. Is it currently in post-production with my video guy? Nice. And so, you know, I'm just I'm working on a bunch of things and just trying to make sure that I'm giving the proper focus to each one that I'm working on. So I try to work on each one individually. Good. And when's it, when's, when do we expect to see something like that come out? End of this the, year, beginning the, of next the, year, the new program? Course. Yeah. Uh, no, no. The, well, yeah. Is it, is it just the, oh, the video new course? Program. The new no, program. No, no. So the, the video course is the five keys and the okay. workbook is the five keys. So, keys. so I want to get those out really before I publish the other book. Right. Got it. Um, once those are out and then I'm going to start like cranking out the other book. And so probably, I guess, anywhere from six to 12 months before that other book comes out, maybe even cool. sooner. We'll see. Cool. Well, well, I'm hoping, I'm hoping to have beta testers, let's say by the end of the year. Cool. Well, you got one if you need it, and you might have six more behind that, just because of the people that I have on the team. So, if you want, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'd love, I love it, and I and I want to do. I don't want to have just you know one beta test group. I want to have a few different groups, so mm -hmm. we can just kind of like because every group's going to have a different dynamic, and so mm -hmm. I need to learn how that dynamic has changed and you know are the things that we're doing are they working or are they not? And yep. if they're not, then we have to like tweak them to make sure that they do. Makes sense. So, where can they find you now? Hi there. <laughs> that's fine she can come say hi to daddy uh, it's um, him but it's uh him? Anyways, oh, that's him okay <laughs> yeah you can only see a little sliver and stuff anyways where can they find me now i have a website our most information is on my main website ariguns.com a-r-i-g-u-n-z.com I, I, I like that.com that's pretty cool and then uh, that actually forwards to other sites but it's just the short url and then um the book is on the url littlebookofgreatness.com all spelled out all one word no hyphens littlebookofgreatness.com and that'll just it just is has a quick page about that with some reviews and then links to amazon so you can buy it nice and then they can follow you on social you're on instagram oh yeah yeah i mean there's i there's uh, my social links are at the bottom of my main website um, cool Cool. And certainly you can find me if you just do a quick search and whatnot. Well, and at the same time, we're going to put all the links down below in the comments. So maybe awesome. all of our watchers and listeners can come find you. Guys, if you have questions for Ari, go ahead and put them in the comments. We'll forward them over to him so he can go ahead and answer them as he has time. So I try to I try to answer everything personally. So feel free to ask and reach out and talk and everything. A absolutely. Chances are we'll just tag you and say, hey, Ari, you want to answer this one? Uh, <laughs> you're going to have to come back to our channel. Let's see. If you're watching us now, on youtube don't forget to subscribe if you have not hit the bell make sure you know when the next one's coming up 
if you're listening to us on any of the podcast platforms that we're a part of, which I think are about 11 or 12 of them now, thank you. Download it. Subscribe. If you're listening on anchor.fm, that's our, our main home. Uh, thank you for listening there. And if you want to make a little donation to support, feel free. Every little bit helps. And we're always happy to, to support back by bringing cool guys like this guy over here in to share his wisdom and knowledge, their insights. And, you know, we love all of you. We thank you all for listening and for watching. Um, that never, that'll never change. I mean, it's the reason that we started this whole thing in the first place was to bring you guys the good stuff uh, with the good people. Uh, so stay up, stay safe, stay healthy, and live. For Ari Gunsberg and myself, Coffee with Mike. Ciao for now. Thanks for having me. For more information on Java Chat, visit www.javachatpodcast.com. You've been listening to Coffee with Mike on Java Chat. Tune in weekly to this podcast for the next episode. You can also download or subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform. A production of Oasis Media Group, LLC. Located in Las Vegas, Nevada. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.